everyone, and welcome to another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. And our guest today is a voice actor who has voiced so many iconic characters over, I, I want to say over the years. I mean, it has been multiple years, but man, it hasn't been like uh, you, what you'd think like 20, 30 years hearing all these uh, icons he's voiced, but he's only been at the, in the game about 10 years, which in itself is incredible. He's been the voice of Gizmo and Stripe in Multiverses, Starscream in the Transformers video game, Lucky the Leprechaun from Lucky Charms, Grimace from McDonald's, but probably the most iconic character he's voiced, and he's the third person ever to lend his voice to this character, is Donald Duck, and has also won an Emmy Award for his performance as Donald. In 10 years, people, plus a ton more. It's incredible to me what he's accomplished in just 10 years. We welcome Emmy Award-winning actor, voice artist, and producer Daniel Ross to the show this week. And we had a great conversation, didn't we, Randy? Oh, we did, yeah, and I cannot wait for the listeners to hear it. Yeah, and I do apologize because, you know, our time was uh, limited. We got less time uh, for this interview than we typically do, which is fine. I understand how life is, but... Had to steamroll through, and I, I felt bad. I think I talked over you quite a bit, so I apologize. But it's, it's all good. It was still a great convo, and I got my my questions in. So we're good. Good, good. So I'm excited for everyone to hear our conversation with Daniel. But before we do, you know how it goes. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CanDarePod, on Instagram at Can underscore Air, and on TikTok at CanDarePodcast. And if you want to show some support, head over to CanDarePodcast.com where there's a merch tab and a Patreon tab. I think it's pretty self-explanatory what's on both of those things. Uh, yeah. For a little bit of your cash, every month you get something in return, whether it be a T-shirt or a mug or a hat or just extra content that you're, uh, the normies aren't getting. So a few different ways you can support us there. Randy, what else am I forgetting? A huge shout-out to evergreenpodcast.com, the uh, network we are so proud to be a part of. As you're driving to your family functions this Christmas, you know, Give us a, a listen on your podcast player of choice and uh, definitely leave us a like and uh, a little bit of a review would be awesome. It helps out so much and uh, hopefully we'll break up the monotony a little bit for you. Yeah, pull up one of our uh, Christmas episodes from the past years if, if uh, this year's isn't up yet because we've got a catalog of Christmas episodes. I mean, how many times can you listen to Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer? Put that shit away. Turn on the Candare podcast Christmas uh, episodes because they're good stuff. I, I, I love them. Some of my favorite things we do. Uh, anything else? I think that's about it. I do too. So let's just cut it right over to our conversation with Daniel Ross. Daniel, thank you so much for taking time to be here with us, man. It's pretty incredible to have the voice of Donald Duck with us. Thank you. Hey, man, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be on the Candare podcast. Oh, we always love hearing that, especially from the man who does Donald Duck, such an icon. But, you know, it's incredible looking at your um, IMDb because, you know, the, the, the icons you voice, it's not limited to Donald, Gizmo and Stripe and Starscream, Lucky the Leprechaun, uh, Grimace from McDonald's. It's incredible, man. 
Well, thank you. It's It's been quite an adventure and quite a journey and uh, not one that I ever quite expected. Sure. And I love what I do. And it's uh, something I uh, just really am grateful to be a part of, uh, especially so many characters that are you know considered legacy characters, characters that have right. been passed down from person to person or over time. Uh, that really is, a, is an honor I, I never saw coming. So I'm just grateful to do what I do. And Bring bring some life to these awesome characters. Sure. <laughs> Goosebumps already. <laughs> but it's incredible because, you know, there's so many people who have been at this, you know, twice as long as you have, who don't even have close to the amount of icons in their IMDb that you do. So I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep gushing. It's just it's just <laughs> incredible. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, for me, it's just about being a working actor and being able to do what I love. Uh, I've worked a lot, uh, a lot of jobs in, in my past life uh, lives that, uh, uh, you know, really stunk. And uh, I worked big box retail for many years. I was a waiter. You know, I did lots of crazy stuff. So I'm, I'm glad to have moved past that point and to have acting be my thing. And that's that's my aim. So the fact that I've kind of found my way into these particular characters uh, still astounds me to this day. And I'm like, what is what's tomorrow going to bring? I'm excited to see what comes next. Me too. Man. So, go ahead, Randy. So, working working retail is that where the uh, Donald Duck persona really developed, like dealing with all those customers? <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, that was my playground because I could I could fake an accent, you know, and work on accents while talking to different customers. Like, you know, I was working on an Aussie accent at the time, and I was talking about Dyson vacuum cleaners and like selling them to people, and you know, so that's kind of where I would just have fun with my voices. Uh, or prank phone calls, things of that nature, but uh, using my powers for good these days. So, yeah, I, I I would just have fun entertaining my peers and colleagues. It was There was nothing in my mind that that was ever something I was going to do. It was just a people trick. Hey, I do a lot of voices. I do a lot of impressions or accents and things. Uh, isn't that fun? And so uh, here we are again all these years later, and uh, we get to do it uh, professionally, which is nice. <laughs> I would say. So so what uh what age were you when this all started? What kickstarted your interest in uh acting? Oh my goodness. Well, to answer uh to put a pin in the last question, uh my mom taught me how to do Donald Duck when I was 3 years old. So I've known how to do Donald uh ever since I learned how to do my own voice. So uh, uh that's how long I've been doing Donald. Didn't learn him in retail, but it was definitely a <laughs> a, a fun thing to use. Um and then your your question was, when did I get started? Yeah, yeah. Approximately how old were you when the acting bug bit you? And what was yeah, it that okay. uh, inspired that? Uh, that was early on. I really wanted my family's attention. And so I had to be silly to do that. And uh, I found myself into theater. And uh, it was the same stuff I was doing at home. So I was like, hey, let's do this. This looks like fun. And uh, I started in middle school with a production of The Music Man, where I played Charlie Cowell, I was the bad guy, and everybody had already, you know, gotten their growth spurts, and I was a little whippersnapper on stage, and I just had so much fun with that, and uh, I think that's where the bug got caught. So high school through college, I studied theater, Shakespeare, uh, did lots of productions, uh, plays, musicals, uh, summer dinner theaters, things of that nature, and uh, then I moved into film and TV. And one thing I had uh, also heard is that 
before you decided to, you know, devote your time to making this a full-time career that you were looking at politics? Yeah, that's absolutely true. Um, so it was part and parcel to what I was doing. I'm originally from Maryland, and uh, we have a small but really amazing film community uh, out there. And so I and uh, my best friend, Justin Tim Payne, and, and several other amazing people, we came together and we made a trilogy of independent horror uh, comedies, starting with ninjas versus zombies, ninjas versus vampires, and ninjas versus monsters. And um, I realized how many different productions there were in the area, and we had some bureaucracy, you know, there was some bureaucracy towards getting to locations or getting funding for specific things, and it was always a, a, a thorn in our side. And so I figured, well, hey, here's something that maybe I could apply some of my political interests in uh, and see if I could do something about it. Because um, my my thought always was, if I have a goal, how do I crush it? Like, <laughs> if, I, if there's an obstacle in my way, how do I outmaneuver that? How do I get around that? And so that was where my brain was thinking. And then it just occurred to me, you know, I've always wanted to try Los Angeles. Now or never, let's give it a shot. Let's give this a try. There were many people in my life who encouraged me uh, to give voice acting specifically a, a, a try, but I had to relocate to do it. I had to be really serious about it and start meeting people and getting involved and making eye contact with the, the producers and writers and animators and brilliant people that are out here. So that was my pivot. It was either the politics to continue making films uh, in the D.C. area uh, or come out to L.A. and try it. See what would happen. Five years tops. Right. <laughs> and you made the obviously you made the right decision there. Well, it's been <laughs> almost 10 years. So I think it's OK. I think it's an OK decision. I would say so. And, you know, COVID changed a lot of things with, um, you know, having to be in the studio to record voices. You know, after COVID, a lot of people, a lot of voice actors built uh, home studios so they could still keep working. Do you have anything like that? Of course. Yeah, I had to adapt just like everybody else mm -hmm. did. And, you know, most voice actors were already like 50 to 60 percent of the way there because we audition from home all the time. So you have to have some kind of apparatus or setup to be able to do your auditions to be able to book work. But once the pandemic hit, uh, yeah, we couldn't go into studios anymore. On-camera work stopped. Uh, Stand-up comedy stopped. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of people flooding into voiceover, and everybody was making themselves a, a studio because it was a, it was a corner of the entertainment industry that was relatively unbothered in that in that in that realm. So you know, yeah, I just had to update some equipment, some software tweak a few things here or there, and I was able to record from home. And I did uh, quite a few things uh, from my office right here, Disney to McDonald's to a whole bunch of other things. What an incredible industry. You can do all that stuff from the comfort of home. That's amazing, man. It was very I, resilient uh, in, in the face of all that tragedy and, oh, and yeah. time. I got to say, I'm, I am digging your office, too, for the uh, listeners that is just – Transformers all over the place in the background. Yeah, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a good problem to have, and you're in good company, sir. Yeah. I have a problem. Uh, no, it's it's great. I, I love Transformers. They've been a, a part of, uh, of who I am ever since I was a kid. And and to be quite frank, the very first movie I ever saw in movie theaters was the Transformers the movie. And so oh, yeah, I've been oh, hooked. Man. And uh, I I do give them some credit 
towards pushing me into the entertainment industry. So I like to surround the things, uh, surround myself with the things that I enjoy. And and voicing Scar, uh, Starscream, Hound, and uh, Mixmaster in the Transformers games. That was one of your uh, first big VO roles, correct? Yes, human. It was the first. <laughs> and one of my favorites, of course. Of so, course. Uh, yeah, my quest for Transformers, that was, that was the first big thing I had ever done. Uh, I was so green behind the ears, had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I had just been practicing and cutting my teeth on fan dubs and, uh, you know, again, doing silly voices for for friends and family. So uh, I campaigned for this. I really wanted a chance to be in the movies, the, the 2007 movie. And so I campaigned and uh, I created a comic book that featured me in a story with the other Transformers, sent it to Steven Spielberg and Michael Bay, and uh, they got it. And I got an audition. And it didn't work out for the movie, but the video games, they're like, we would love for you to play Starscream. And I'm like, time? are you serious? So uh, it was it was an amazing uh, uh, vector of my hobby and my craft and my passion just coming together in something that really was, I guess you could say, the birth of, of my career as, as a voice actor. That had to be some comic book, man. It was cool. It was really cool. I, I had uh, some amazing artists, uh, other Transformer fans. Uh, my mother, who was an amazing artist, helped me to lay these pages out and create a story. And it's fun and it's campy and it got attention. And that really was the whole point. Yeah, because here, I'm a guy living in Maryland. I don't have a fancy agent or anything, but I want their attention somehow. And so that seemed to work. It, quite the original story. That's the first time I've heard anything close to that come through the show. I love it. Thanks, man. Now, um, when it comes to Donald Duck, uh, you know, you had already mentioned doing this voice since age three, along with your mother, doing it through your growing up, had it down. And uh, about a year ago, I got the opportunity to speak with Bob Berg in the voice of uh, Porky Pig. And, you know, yeah. same kind of uh, situation with him. He was saying, you know, from a very young age, he knew I want to do this voice. Worked on it his whole growing up, and then when it came time to actually land that role, he thought, you know, I kind of I've got this down. I got it in the bag, but realized getting in there, there was still a lot he had to learn. Um, you know, little nuances maybe he hadn't heard before. Now, when it comes to Donald, was it uh, what was it like? Was there still a lot of learning to do, or did you take to it uh, like like a <laughs> Like a duck to water, pun intended, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well played, sir. Well played. Uh, no, there was a huge learning curve. And, you know, it's one thing to do an impression to make your friends laugh, to make family laugh. It's one thing to do that. It's another thing to get in front of a microphone and do the same thing. Because all of a sudden, you hear all the inequities or the things that you're doing, you know, incorrectly or things you need to adjust. And so I just had never done that before. It had never occurred to me to get in front of a microphone and practice that particular voice because, you know, those roles were taken. I had no ability to do that. So right. anyways, yeah. So so hearing it, I made adjustments. There were mechanical issues that I was having with, you know, uh, like muscle memory, things like that, things that I needed to really develop over time, just like lifting weights. When you go to the gym, you know, to get, you know, full muscles and stuff, right. you got to do the same with, with 
the muscles in your voice. And with buckle speech, which is the technical term uh, for Donald Duck talk, it does require a little bit of uh, uh, expertise on the mechanism. So I was woefully unprepared and I had to build that up over time, but I got the audition through, uh, got a call back and the rest was, was history. I can't imagine the giddiness. I mean, not only Starscream, <laughs> but holy shit, Donald Duck, my God. I mean, you'd have to know in that moment, you know, this is it. I'm, I've made it. I mean, not only that, but then you won an Emmy for your performance. How incredible, man. Yeah, uh, that that still has not settled in uh, a year later. Um, it's it's a huge moment of pride for me, um, again, to be able to honor my mom and the journey of that character through us to the masses to 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 have something that people appreciate in that in that capacity i mean to have the opportunity to honor her that way really was a dream come true for me and so the entire journey the character himself what he means to me what he means to others uh it, it, it's always coursing through me and i love it and i love him and i'm grateful to have been a part of that journey again for as long as as i was able to Right. Now, uh, here's another one. Lucky the Leprechaun. Holy hell, man. <laughs> Let me tell you, I am such a fan. Randy can back me up on this. I'm such a fan of like the fast food and cereal mascots. I've got a whole shelf over here dedicated to McDonald's and cereal, uh, cereal ah. mascots. Big fan. But, you know, they were... You know, in the, growing up in the 80s and in uh, into the 90s, you know, before the internet, before YouTube, before streaming, when these characters disappeared... You know, your cartoon characters, you know, the Transformers or Thundercats or whatever, they were gone. Unless, you know, for some, you know, unless you found like a tape at Blockbuster that had like two episodes on it, they were gone. But these characters, your Lucky the Leprechaun, uh, the Tricks Rabbit, etc., always there. So, I mean, did you have that same kind of love for these characters uh, growing up? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, let, let's be clear, the iconography of like the 80s and the 70s and 80s, I should say. I mean, even before then. I mean, the, a lot of these characters are from many, many eons ago. But from what we remember growing up, the iconography to me of like the 80s and 90s and the commercialism mm -hmm. surrounding it was potent. Yeah. It was potent. I mean, I still collect Transformers and I am in my 40s. Uh, you know, so that is a testament to the power of the marketing at that specific time and the colors and the iconography. Uh, you know, it's like wrestling for me, you know, back in the WWF days, the iconography of all those wrestlers. And then you've got these serial mascots who are colorful and, you know, uh, full of personality. And then these cartoons with all the same thing. I want to buy it all. So, uh, yeah, the serial characters, uh, I didn't get those in my household. Uh, my father was a doctor and he did not like how much uh, sugar was in that content. And so I didn't get it uh, unless I would go to visit my grandparents and then I would get it and I would have such a trigger high. Oh my God. I would pick out all the marshmallows from the Lucky Charms and I'd mush them into a ball and I'd eat that ball of marshmallows. Oh, man. And then afterwards it looked like I murdered a unicorn because of all the, <laughs> the colors on my hands. Great. It's amazing. There was one of the Lucky Charms, are you? They're magically delicious. Oh, again. <laughs> Goosebumps, oh. man. Yeah, there was a year on for Christmas here. Uh, we got I got the for the guys a bag of nothing but Lucky Charms 
marshmallows. And then I felt bad. I was like, man, I hope I didn't just give that person diabetes. But at the same time, you know, what an awesome gift. I'd be stoked to get it. Uh, yeah, no, I would be very happy to have uh, uh, one of those. I would like a pillow-sized amount so I could sleep with that on my bed. And then I could just have dreams of me eating marshmallows and it wouldn't be weird. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> And then in June, uh, June 7th uh, this year, you announced on TikTok the new voice of Grimace. Holy hell. Ah, uh, yes. Which is uh, incredible. I, I just told you a second ago, I've always been a huge, huge fan of McDonald's. And I love the McDonald's land characters. And over the years of doing this show, I've tried so hard to get people from McDonald's on. And it seems to be a rather difficult task to get done. Um, I've reached out to other people who have, uh, you know, portrayed Ronald, but never heard anything back. And um, one thing I came to learn later, uh, at least with Ronald, is that if you're the actor who portrays Ronald, you cannot go out saying that you're Ronald because Ronald is or slash was his own person. You ever heard anything like that? Uh, not from McDonald's, but I've heard that from, you know, other companies that have characters of longevity. The Disney characters are no exception. Uh, you know, they they did not have a big focus on the voice actors because they wanted those characters to be those characters. Mm -hmm. um, so now in, in the age of, you know, technology and social media, if somebody wants to know who a voice actor is, they're, they're going to find them out. Right. So so. You know, there's some exception there, but uh, yeah, I've never heard that for the McDonald's characters, though, like Ronald specifically. Yeah, it's kind of cool. I mean, I could be wrong. You know how you read stuff online and it, it turns sense. out to be bullshit, but that's just what I'd heard. No, you know, it makes sense to me. Uh, that yeah. sounds like absolutely something that could happen and so, probably did. <laughs> so, so, so Grimace, then I imagine being the same kind of uh thing as Lucky the Leprechaun, something that you had seen, you know, your whole growing up. Something that uh, your father probably said you're not allowed to have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love Grimace. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, absolutely one of my favorite uh, McDonald Bland characters. Uh, and so uh, June 7th was not the first time I had booked Grimace. I did a Super Bowl commercial uh, last year. And there was this big campaign where everybody gets in front of the menu and they go, can I get a, uh, uh, can I get a, uh, and then Grimace is there going, oh, and he's got two sandwiches saying, pick me, no, pick me. <laughs> okay, that was me. And I did Grimace and I did the two sandwiches and I was super excited because it's the Super Bowl. Sure. And uh, I'm watching it and I tell my whole family to watch it and it's not me. It's not me going, oh, uh, it's somebody else. I can hear it. And I'm like, that's not me. The sandwiches are still me, but that's not me. What happened? All over the news, Ryan Reynolds voices Grimace from McDonald's. And I'm like, what? Oh. Mr. Reynolds, don't you have enough, sir? <laughs> <laughs> this was mine. <laughs> At least hook me up with some of the some of that fa fabulous gin that you that you sell everywhere. You know, <laughs> so that was the first time, and I was very disappointed because I was very excited to voice Grimace. And then a year later, they contacted my agency and said, "Hey, we've got more work for Daniel." And I'm like, "Yes, awesome." <laughs> so, so are you still going to go see Deadpool then, or do you hold a little bit of resentment? Oh, no grudges, no grudges. <laughs> it's in the past. <laughs> 
Unless oh. you do it again. Unless <laughs> it does it again, then we got a problem. And I love how you jumped on uh, the trend of the the, the grimace shake uh, when that came out on TikTok, man. That was awesome. I talk about left field. Like, right. what? What? I was so I was obviously just thrilled and excited to be doing a national campaign, a commercial, McDonald's, Grimace. I was just pleased as a pickle to be there. Uh, and then, yeah, the shake thing started happening on TikTok and Instagram, and it blew up so big. It blew yeah. up so big into its own thing. And it really was just the zeitgeist hitting at a specific moment. But all of Gen Z collectively said, we want the evil Grimace back. And, and by the way, he's an eldritch god. And, and we must sacrifice ourselves with these, with these purple shakes. Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. And some of them were really creative. Some of them were not so savory. But, like, sure. it was this weird thing that happened. And, again, I was just happy to be a tiny part of it. <laughs> it was... To play along, so to speak, you know, on TikTok and, and uh you know, interact with everybody who was enjoying the trend, make a couple of videos of my own, uh, you know, to be a, a good steward in that moment for McDonald's, you know, right. and it was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I will never forget that. It's, it's at a trend that you, no one could have ever predicted, but it was so freaking entertaining. Like you just never knew what anyone was going to do. Like you said, some of them were just over the top creative. So I just, I would search them out. I love them. I would be very surprised if McDonald's doesn't try to follow up, you know, and, yeah. and make it, it wasn't in the UK. It wasn't in Canada. wasn't in Australia. You know, all, all of our English speaking friends uh, out there with McDonald's, they didn't have uh, this promotion. It was just here in the States. So I, I think it'd be cool if they could roll it out wider and uh, do it again. And hire me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just every year on Grimace's birthday. Because, you know, after it started becoming a trend, I was like, man, I've got to try this shake. Went to McDonald's, could not get my hands on one to save my life. They were just gone. Wow. Yeah. Well, it, it initially it spoke to the nostalgia of the character because it was speaking to people, you know, our age who grew up with that character and loved it before all those characters kind of disappeared for, for a long period of time. You know, those were integral to our childhoods. And so we missed that and they brought it back. And all of us collectively of a certain age group were just like, yes, awesome, nostalgia. I'll buy the purple thing. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but then it turned into something else. I think I think the younger generation looked at us going, oh, this is amazing. And they said, oh, let's mess with it and see what happens. <laughs> let's mess with their joy. That was great. One of the many reasons to love the internet. Those are the, There's a lot of reasons to dislike the internet, but right there makes me glad for the internet. Yes. It has, it has moments. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so when it comes to stepping in and voicing iconic characters, whether it be Grimace or Lucky or Donald, Starscream, the list goes on. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm curious how it's approached. I would imagine it being very difficult to balance, one, paying tribute and honoring what has come before, the work people have done before you, uh, while, you know, injecting your own personality into that voice and character. Or would I be wrong? I mean, was it a was it an easy thing for you to do to step into these characters? 
Great question. Thank you for that one. Um, it's part of the process that I've really uh, had the most satisfaction with is going back and just diving into as much source material as I can with the character to understand the isms. What are the things that the character does when, you know, confronting a certain situation or what are the sounds? What are the vocals? Um, how do they respond? How do they how do they react? That's really what I'm diving into. And with characters like Lucky the Leprechaun, I mean, he's been around for, I think, almost 60 years. Yeah. Uh, um, Donald Duck has been around coming up uh, on 90 years uh, this coming June. Um, so, you know, these characters, Grimace, I think, is uh, now in his 50s. <laughs> like, it's they've been around for a while. Yeah, they've been, they've been around for quite some time. And so... It gives me enough room, wiggle room to be able to go back and figure some things out and then just start playing with it and see what happens. Uh, ultimately, yes, you do imbue a bit of your own life into that character. I don't want to necessarily say personality because the life is given by the performer behind the character. And it's like passing the torch from one person to the next. Tag, you're it. Like, you got to keep it going, keep the energy going. And so I... I I get a lot of satisfaction out of disappearing into those roles and giving the people who are listening what they came to hear, not me, the character that they that they love. So I want to get it right. And that's a lot of responsibility on my shoulders. And so I want to and I endeavor to. And you do. You have an Emmy Award to prove Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> With TikTok and with a lot of the uh, the con circuit and stuff like that, I see you performing a lot with other actors like Bill Farmer, who does Goofy, you know, stuff like that. His, what's that experience been like for you doing like the con circuit and some of this like social media interaction? Oh, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. I get to play with some of my childhood heroes and meet new friends and interact with people who you know, have a, a, a favorable opinion of the work that I've done over the years. That's, that's nice. It's really nice. It's a, it's a wonderful environment to be in and I get to travel and I get to, you know, get out of Los Angeles uh, every so often to do it. So it's, it's enjoyable all around. And again, just mixing it up with people that I would never normally have access to, you know, like the conversations you have on the side when you're in the green room, when you're in line, you know, sitting next to uh, uh, Walter Koenig from Star Trek, you know, for 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 tacos, <laughs> you know, <laughs> when you're handing off a plate to Sal Lamar and you're like, <laughs> this line, this is awesome. <laughs> Those kinds of things stick with you. And, sure. Uh, if I have a chance to play and do like a little skit with somebody, even better. Even better. Oh, I love there's this one that I do where I, I intentionally mistake them for somebody else. <laughs> and I just roll with it as, yeah. as an annoying fan. And it's and I have so much fun doing that. I have so much fun doing. That. So like Joey Fatone from NSYNC, I was like, oh, my gosh, it's Justin Timberlake <laughs> or Hunky <laughs> from, you know, from WWE. I'm like, it's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jones, Flat Flash Gordon. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's He-Man. I, lo I love those. I love those. Because it's just so awkward and that's me. Well, it's awesome though. It makes for great content. I mean, you've seemed to have beat the game that is TikTok with 1.4 million followers. That's insane. Yeah, man. And it's it's been fun cultivating that over the years. Because as you know, during the pandemic, 
uh, we didn't have much to do. We just kind of stayed home and, and hoped for the best. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, in between, you know, drinking lots of wine and baking bread, which is what everybody was doing, I took to TikTok and just said, let's have some fun because I need an outlet. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> let's create some characters and let's have some fun and interact with people who are fans of like the, the characters that I voice. Let me see how many smiles I can bring. And it was and it took off. And that was really gratifying. And I'm and I'm happy that that was a part of that experience because it was, again, a very lonely time and a very scary time that we all collectively went through. So uh, I, I'm entirely grateful for TikTok and the people who follow me there to this day. Uh, we have fun. And I like that. Well, we, we enjoy what looking at it, man. <laughs> I just oh, I you. just need to figure out your secret. <laughs> I need to study it. <laughs> It's Old Bay seasoning. That's my secret. <laughs> <laughs> Let me write that down quick. All right. Uh, I'm one from more. the Chesapeake, so, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, just one more quick question for you. Um, at uh, actordanielross.com, your website, one thing I noticed uh, on top of, you know, not only some demo reels, some of the stuff you've done, uh, opportunities for fans to get autographs who might not be able to make it to cons, but... You also do uh, voice acting coaching. I do. And it's something I really enjoy uh, doing. In all of my corporate years, uh, I was an educator. I would teach, uh, you know, managers and regional managers and things of that nature. I would do a lot of hiring, a lot of HR stuff. So I just really enjoyed communicating with people and educating them on the ways, you know, certain things needed to be run in the company. That's why I made a good manager. And so I, really appreciated being able to do that in this in this field and just kind of throw the ladder down and say come on everybody like if there's some pitfalls that i can help you avoid that i fell into this is worth it you know right. like if you have the same dream if you have the same ambition if you've got the same hunger uh and and you come across my way then i i want to give you the world so that's really exciting to me i, I like the opportunity to give back and to Show people what my process is, whether it's the best or not. I mean, that's entirely subjective. I always tell people I don't want to be the only coach that you work with. You must take workshops. You must learn from as many people as possible uh, because that's how you develop your own style. It's from learning from a bunch of people and incorporating that. So right. I'm happy to help people with that. They can book time with me through the website. And uh, yeah, that's available. <laughs> Which we <laughs> Thank will you for that. Hey, no problem. We'll definitely link it on there. I just, I liked addressing that stuff because, you know, when people are listening to this, I imagine there's a lot of people who, it's a lot of people who have interest in voice acting and probably some of which are looking to get into it. And it's, it's not so cut and dry as to like, this is how you get into it. Everyone finds a different road in somehow. And to have any kind of uh, coach or teacher along the way is uh, more than valuable. So, you know, I'd like, I'd like to help push that out there if possible. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. But um, unless Randy had anything else, man, I just want to thank you so much for the time you've given us tonight. It's quite an honor to speak with uh, the voice of Donald and all these other iconic characters. Thank you so much for being here, Daniel. All right. And once again, that was our conversation with voice actor Daniel Ross. Holy shit. How incredible, man. The voice of Donald, the voice of Grimace. Wow. Lucky. I mean, how lucky we are. <laughs> I had uh, child Randy is again having a fangirl moment. So it's 
it's so cool talking to these guys and just how yeah. humble they are and just it's awesome it's pretty cool doing this show isn't it we get to talk to some pretty freaking amazing people and uh daniel's right there on that list well we want to thank him again for taking some time to be with us tonight and uh, remind everybody to go to actordanielross.com his website and uh, find him on social media at actor daniel ross and like we were just talking about a second ago with him his tiktok is lit like it is. it is really really good and he is he's just he's kind of beat the game like i was saying i i don't i couldn't even fathom having that many followers you just have to keep on it all the time wouldn't you and it's one of those things you start watching and it's going to suck up at least an hour of your time so be yeah prepared. <laughs> it's good content watch watch his videos where uh he drinks the grimace shake because i enjoy yes. those those never yes. get old in my book <laughs> But uh, once again, big thanks to Daniel. And uh, with that, Randy, what do we have on the website, sir? Go to candorepodcast.com. Check out all our past episodes, our special guests, our wall of heroes, links to everything that you would need regarding the show. And uh, if you're interested in coming on the show, uh, send us a link on our con- or send us a message on our contact page. And you can find us on Twitter at CandairPod, Instagram, Can underscore Air, and TikTok at CandairPodcast. We don't have nearly as many followers as Daniel, obviously. We're not the voice of icons, but maybe not yet. Maybe way down the road. Nah, that's even going to happen. But we can pretend. Just give us a sympathy (laughs) follow on TikTok, people. Help us get closer to Daniel. (laughs) He's going to make me sing again, guys. Come on. (laughs) That isn't going to help us out, Randy. (laughs) And uh, what am I forgetting? Uh, Did I already mention the merch and our Patreon uh, at CandarePodcast.com? Two ways you can support us and get something in return. And uh, what else, Randy? Again, huge shout out to evergreenpodcast.com. And uh, no matter how you're listening to us, any little uh, review and like helps. So, yes. And our next episode is going to be the Christmas episode. Uh, very excited for that. Uh, once again, have David J. Fielding set to return and hang out with us. And, you know, it's just not Christmas if David isn't here. If he ever said, you know, I don't want to do this, it would it would take on a whole nother feeling because, you know, you got to have you got to have your friends with you at Christmas, right? You know, Zordon Claus has got to make an appearance. It's, he know. definitely does. And he's definitely going to. So keep an eye out for that. Not sure exactly when that's going to drop, but you'll have it in time uh, before Christmas. And uh, I think after that, we're probably just going to chill until the new year. So a lot of goodness coming down the pike. But Anyway, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. And I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thank you so much for listening, everyone, and be excellent to each other. are mean, so I'm running away from home. Where you gotta go? I don't know yet, but that'll show them. (laughs) It sure will. Shipwreck! Parents just don't understand, and it gets lonely on the road, so be sure to listen to the Candare podcast. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! This has been a Candare production.
You know, a lot can happen in seven minutes, and luckily, that's how long it takes me to tell a story. My name is Aaron Calafato, and I'm the creator of 7-Minute Stories. I'm proud to partner with Evergreen Podcasts, and I'd like to invite you to join me on this journey. I'm going to take you on some crazy roller coaster rides using my unique extemporaneous storytelling style, and together, we're going to try to make sense of the world, all through the art of storytelling, and all in approximately seven minutes.